It's time for this week's edition of the Virtual Bible Study. The Virtual Bible Study is a live, internet-only call-in program dedicated to the honest study and discussion of God's Word. Do you have a question about something in the Bible? Or are you simply interested in learning more about the Scriptures? If so, we hope you'll stay tuned tonight as we look into the pages of God's Word. The Virtual Bible Study is brought to you this time each week by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. You can participate in the discussion tonight by calling 931 one three eight one four five six seven or by emailing your questions or comments from collegeview.com we hope you'll take out your bibles and study along with us as we begin an exciting study of god's word on this edition of the virtual bible study and welcome into the virtual bible study we're glad that you're with us tonight and we hope you'll stay tuned this is the virtual bible study for thursday march 29th we are live and we're ready to go. We're ready for your participation. This is a listener interactive program in which we give you the opportunity to participate in the discussion. You can do so by sending us an email to questions at collegeview.com. The email address is questions at collegeview.com. Or you can participate on the phones tonight. We'd love to take a call from you at 931-381-4567. That's 931-381-4567. Those are the ways you can participate in the virtual Bible study tonight. My name is Jacob Gwynn. My father, Greg Gwynn, is out of town tonight in Michigan, but he joins us over the Internet tonight. Uh, hello, Dad. Welcome to the program. Is he there? I don't think he's there anymore. Um, but uh, also joining us over the Internet tonight, uh, Phil Hunt is here. Hello, Phil. Hello, Jacob. How are you? Good. You're up in Nashville. Phil has joined us in the past, and he's here as well tonight. And so we're glad that you're with us, Phil. Hopefully we'll be getting my father back on the line with us here shortly. We're working to get connected with him now. The number to call is 931-381-4567. The email address to use is questions at collegeview.com. We're looking forward to hearing from you on the virtual Bible study tonight. And we want to talk about an important subject. We want to really get down to the fundamental aspect of our faith and ask the question, why do you want to be a disciple of Christ? Why do you want to be a Christian? What is your motivation for that? You know, Phil, as we look throughout the scriptures at uh, what God tells us about being a disciple of Christ and following him, God tells us that it's going to be very difficult for us uh, at times to be a disciple. And so we have to ask the question then, why do we want to be a disciple? The number to call is 931-381-4567. The email address to use is questions at collegeview.com. And Phil, are you there? I am here. I am here. Phil. I think you picked a good subject to talk about tonight. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Good, good. Okay, I think you picked uh, That being a Christian is something that will uh, be simple and that we'll never have any problems. And I think when we look at the scriptures, we'll see that um, being a Christian can be difficult. Uh, we're told in 2 Timothy 3.12 that all that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. So one of the difficulties we'll face will be uh, persecution, for instance. The apostles are prime examples of that in Acts chapter 5, I believe it is, where they were beaten and commanded not to preach the name of Jesus, but yet 
that they went out and preached anyway, saying that they ought to obey God rather than men. And so especially during that time period, and for us too, the question comes up, why would anyone want to be a Christian given the sacrifices that have to be made and some of the persecution that can uh, that can uh, occur as a result of us being a Christian? I think it would be good for us to spend the next uh, 55 minutes to an hour to discuss this and, and look at what the Bible has to say for us, Jacob. That's right. Second uh, Timothy chapter 3, verse 12 tells us, Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Construction is very clear there that we're going to suffer persecution if we are trying to be pleasing to God. And so we have to be familiar with that. We have to understand that. Jesus said unto his disciples, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. And so we see the Bible tells us we're going to have to make sacrifices if we're going to be pleasing to God. And so then why would we want to be a Christian if we're going to suffer persecution, if it's going to be difficult and we're going to have to take up our cross daily and follow Christ? Why would we want to do that? That's the question for us tonight. And this is fundamental to our faith and to our belief in Christ. And so we want to ask you the question tonight, why do you want to be a disciple of Christ? Why have you joined the virtual Bible study tonight? Why are you trying to live a life that's pleasing to God? Why do you want to be a Christian? That's the question tonight, and we'd like for you to participate. You can do so by emailing questions at collegeview.com or calling 931-381-4567. 931-381-4567, questions at collegeview.com. Why would one want to be a disciple? Is it foolish to be a disciple? You know, Phil, many people would say it would be foolish to be a disciple. And uh, yet uh, the Bible tells us uh, that we must be disciples to be pleasing to God. Many people will say it is foolish. Is it really foolish? We want to talk about that tonight. Yeah, and I'm looking forward to the discussion tonight. I think when we look when we will look at the scriptures, we'll look at some Old Testament passages, some New Testament passages. We'll see that yes, there will be some sacrifice that has to be made, uh, some difficulties that can arise from being a Christian. Uh, but it but it will be worth it. There are benefits both while we're here on earth and then in the life to come. And when we think about someone who would suffer for being a being a Christian, I think we can look at the Apostle Paul, for instance. The Apostle Paul started out as Saul of Tarsus, uh, and he persecuted the church of God. He was converted, and he became one of the strongest uh, preachers uh, in the history of the church. And Paul suffered for what he taught. In fact, he suffered from the hands of his own, from his own Hebrews, his own Israelites. In 2 Corinthians chapter 11, um, beginning in verse 22, actually in this entire chapter, Paul is having to address some of the criticisms that were lodged against him at the city of Corinth, people who were questioning his authority. And in chapter 11 and verse 12, he says, Are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they the seed of Abraham? So am I. Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more, in labors more abundant, in stripes above measure, in prisons more frequently, in deaths often. From the Jews, five times received I forty stripes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked, a night and a day I spent in the deep, in journeys often, in perils of waters, in perils of robbers, in perils of my own countrymen, in perils of the Gentiles, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness and toil, in sleeplessness often, in hunger and thirst, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness, besides the other things which which comes upon me daily, my deep concern for all the churches. In this text... It's amazing to look at what all Paul went through, the fact that he would go through all these things because of what he preached. You remember in the book of Acts, Paul was on trial. He was accused by the Jews, 
and he was on trial, and it, it was really sad to see the Jews put him through that. He was persecuted so very much for teaching the things that God would have him teach. And so you look at, in the case of a man like Paul, why would he be a disciple? What incentive would he have to be a child of God? What's the, what's the answer for us? Why, why would you be a Christian? There are going to be times where people are going to harass you. They're going to make fun of you. You might lose your job. Uh, you might have people, uh, in some cases, even uh, take violent action against you. Why would you be a Christian? Problems are going to come. See, if you're living godly, you're going to suffer persecution at some point. So why would you be a Christian? That's what we want to talk about on the program tonight, and I appreciate you having me on, Jacob. I'm looking forward to the program. Well, we're looking forward to the discussion. We can look at Paul, and there's got to be something there. Why would Paul go through all that? As you gave us there the catalog of some of his persecutions, Phil, why would Paul go through that? Certainly we can look at his life and find the reason, and hopefully we can find some reasons why we should be serving God as well. We want to know from you, though. This really is fundamental, Phil. We all ought to have an answer for this question, why do we want to be a disciple of Christ? And so uh, let's ask that question on the program tonight. 931-381-4567. Email questions at collegeview.com. And we're looking forward to hearing from you. All right. Well, Phil, let's ask the question then. Why do we want to uh, be a Christian? Um, let's uh, tell you what let's do. I'm getting some, uh, some, some feedback here. Let's, uh, let's go ahead and take a break, and we'll try and resolve some of these issues while we're gone to the break. We want to hear from you, 931-381-4567, questions at collegeview.com. We hope you'll join in on the virtual Bible study tonight. Stay tuned. The virtual Bible study will be back right after this. Have you checked out all of the resources on collegeview.com lately? Check it out now while you listen to these important messages. The virtual Bible study will be right back after this. Do you remember when the emphasis of the work of the church was on teaching the gospel, converting the lost, and strengthening the saints? Can you recall good old-fashioned gospel preaching that appealed to the Bible as the sole and final authority in all religious matters? Are you tired of seeing churches that seem much more interested in social events and entertainment than in simply following the New Testament pattern? Would you love to hear lessons from the pulpit like you used to hear? Do you want to find a church that is still doing things the way you remember from years ago? If these things describe the way you are feeling, please visit the College View Church of Christ. Hello, my name is Preston Jackson. I'm from Valdosta, Georgia, and I love to listen to the virtual Bible study on Thursday night. Share your comment with the world. Call in now and be a part of the virtual Bible study. Now, back to the program. And welcome back to the virtual Bible study tonight. Hopefully we have our technical glitches taken care of now. We have Phil Hunt in Nashville joining us over the Internet. And we also have my father in Michigan on. Are you there, Dad? Yes, I hope you can hear me, Jake. Uh, where in Michigan? Deckerville, Michigan. Way up there, up north, uh, you're holding a meeting up there doing some preaching this week, and uh, we're glad that you've uh, been able to hook up with us tonight. Uh, Phil and I have been talking, Dad, and hopefully we're going to get our listeners' participation in this. But uh, we're asking the question tonight, why would we want to be a disciple? Why would we want to be a Christian? We've looked at so the life of Paul and the persecution that he went through. We're looking at the commandments that Jesus has given us, where he told us we should take up our cross and deny ourselves and follow him. Uh, some self-denial, some persecution, and yeah. some uncomfortable uh, things that we're going to have to go through. Uh, uh, if anybody... 
All right. Well, we're having problems there with the connection there in Michigan. Um, Why would we want to go through those difficult things? That's what we want to ask tonight, and we're looking forward to your participation. Why would we want to go through those difficult things? There are a lot of reasons why we want to be a Christian, why we should be disciples of Christ, and uh, we want to look at those. But uh, let's look at some of the wrong reasons why we might uh, be disciples. You know, a lot of people are trying to be disciples of Christ for wrong reasons, uh, and the reasons that some are trying to be uh, disciples are uh, causing their religion to be vain. Uh, Phil, if you're there, uh, you know, sometimes people want to be religious, want to be disciples of Christ, so they can be seen of others. And, uh, you know, a lot of people are concerned about how they appear to others, and so they want to be disciples for that reason. Um, maybe they're prominent in the community, and uh, maybe they're politicians, or maybe they have businesses in the community, and they want to be seen as being religious and being part of a large religious organization. You know, that really makes their religion vain. Well, it's really interesting whenever you look at politicians that don't seem to have a lot of religion, except whenever elections are coming up. You know, they'll, they'll go to, to churches and speak and, and appear to be very religious. And some of them may be religious in general, but I'm convinced that some of them aren't. And so they can do that to be seen. You, know, you can have different uh, careers. You could have uh, docs, politicians. Um, sometimes you have real estate agents. Um, heard of a case of a dentist that would uh, that joined to a look to a particular church in order to get clients. And it, it seemed like just a really, really bad reason. Uh, to be religious, uh, to get something from other people or to be seen by other people and say, well, look how wonderful uh, they are. That type of uh, worship, that type of spiritual life is not what God expects of us. He wants us to have a genuine faith in him. See, whenever you do things for show, it's evidence that you don't uh, have the faith that God would actually demand that you have. Jesus warns about doing things to be seen. In, in the Sermon on the Mount, in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 1, he says, Take heed that you do not do your alms before men to be seen of them. Otherwise, you have no reward of your Father which is in heaven. If you want to have a reward before the Father, you don't do things to be seen by other people. And so if you're going to be, quote-unquote, religious or put on some sort of religious or spiritual display, if, if you're doing it to be seen of men, you don't have that reward. And that's a very sobering thing to think about, Jacob, that our service to the Lord can be vain if we don't have the right motivation, where one of those wrong motivations would be to do it to uh, be seen by other people. That's right. And uh, you know what? Sometimes uh, along those lines, someone would want to be religious for the social interaction. Maybe uh, we want to focus on, uh, you know, the the interactive uh, nature of religion. We we enjoy being around other people. We enjoy the social aspect of it. Certainly, I think that would be a wrong reason to be a disciple as well. That's the wrong focus. Uh, we're doing it for the wrong reasons. We're not focusing on sacrifice. Instead, we're focusing on what we get out of it, and certainly we think that religion would be in vain as well. Phil, here's another reason why some people want to be disciples, and uh like to have your comments on this. A lot of people, I'm afraid, want to be disciples of Christ just to be safe, so to speak. I'm afraid that a lot of people have this approach to religion. Maybe I'm not sure that there is a God. Maybe I'm not sure that Jesus is his son, but I'm going to be a disciple of Christ because I just want to be safe. I'm going to do this just in case there is a God or just because, just in case he does want a certain practice from me. What do you think about that, Phil? You think that would be a good reason to uh, to be a disciple? 
Well, it sounds like a fallback, to be honest. Whenever you describe that, what you're describing is something that that is lacking in conviction. If you do something just sort of as a just in case, you think about the you know the the high school senior who applies to five different colleges, and you know th- those that that student has his fallback schools, and so if he gets if the only school he gets into is the very last one, he didn't have uh, like true desire most likely to go to that school. It was just there just in case. Well, our service to God can't be without conviction. It can't be, well, I'm going to do this just in case there is a God. Sometimes I hear that argument made, you know, you ought to believe in God because statistically you're better off if you, if you do that. And, you know, just in case, you need to believe there's a God. Well, just being safe is lacking in conviction. And God demands conviction of us. See, the conviction that's required in being a true follower of Christ is going to require you to sacrifice some things. If you're going to be a true Christian, it requires real conviction. The conviction to make you do radical things to change your life and conform to the image of Christ. The person who says they want to be a Christian or they want to be religious just to be safe, they lack the thing that can be that is fundamental to their religion, and that is faith. And we know that without faith, it's impo- impossible to please God. Jacob in Hebrews 11 verse 6, because if we're going to come to God, we have to believe that He is, not think, yeah, He probably is there. We have to believe that He does exist. And the end of that verse says, and that God is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. We have to have a solid conviction. In God, You know, I think that's right, Phil. I think the idea that I'm just going to do this just to be safe in case by some chance there is a God and then just in case he wants this type of service from me, don't think that that's going to cut it because we see in Hebrews 11 verse 6, as you referenced, what without faith is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek them. If we don't have that faith, if we don't have faith that God is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him, if we're just doing this to be safe, it's not going to cut it. We're not going to be pleasing to God in our service. What do you think about why we should be disciples of Christ? We'd like to hear from you on the program tonight. The number to call is 931-381-4567. 931-381-4567. Why are you a disciple of Christ? Call in right now and let us know. Or send us an email to questions at collegeview.com. That's questions at collegeview.com with some of the reasons why you believe you should be a disciple of Christ. Why are you convicted to go through the sacrifices that you go through on a regular basis in order to be a disciple of Christ? Why are you convicted that this is the right thing to do? Why are you a disciple of Christ? You know, one thing that I think we have to look at, Phil, is a reason why we would want to be a disciple of Christ is because of the peace that we can enjoy as a result. Jesus promises peace in John chapter 14, verse 27, when he said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Jesus told us about peace that he was going to give his disciples and peace that you could find no other place but through Christ. And that's something we all should be looking for. That's right. It's amazing. You can look at people who are dealing with so much bad stuff in life. The, the things going, going on around them can be horrible. They can be dealing with sickness, with death, with job loss, any number of things that can be going on. But some, some people have a peace about them that, that God will take care of them. And I think it's that peace that is beyond understanding in Philippians 4 and verse 7, where it says that the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. I don't understand 
entirely how the peace of God works because it passes understanding. But we have that promise. It, Paul goes on in verse 8 and says, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are noble, whatsoever things are just, pure, lovely, good report, if there's any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. And I believe that's tied back into this overall context of, of the peace that we can have. And it's a peace that goes beyond understanding. And I think is absolutely remarkable. In Colossians 3, verse 15, Paul writes, To let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which you are also called in one body, and be ye thankful. The peace of God, Jacob, is something that is beyond understanding. And it's, we're very blessed to be able to have that, that kind of peace. It's something that's, that's not promised to those who aren't God's children. You can rule in our heart. We can enjoy that peace on a daily basis. We need to understand that. We need to have that. And it is beyond understanding, as you said, Phil. One aspect of that is that we have peace with God. Romans chapter 5, verse 1, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. By being a disciple of Christ, we can have peace with God. And we don't have to be at odds with God, but we can have peace and we can enjoy that. What a wonderful comfort that is. You know, Phil, that is one reason why we'd want to make sacrifices and we'd want to be pleasing to God so we can enjoy that peace and hopefully that is a reason why you are motivated to be a disciple of Christ and go through the sacrifices you must go through in order to be pleasing to him. What do you think? Let us know why you are a disciple of Christ. Why are you doing this? Why have you logged on to the virtual Bible study tonight? Why are you interested in studying the Bible? What's in it for you? Why do you believe that it is beneficial to you to be a disciple of Christ? Let us know at 931 381 Email questions at collegeview.com. Why are you a disciple? A fundamental question that we're asking on the virtual Bible study tonight, and we're looking forward to your participation. We've talked about the fact that we have peace, Phil, and along with those lines, we also have hope. We have hope as a disciple of Christ, hope that uh, will endure, hope that is in something bigger than this present life, Phil, and something that we can all look forward to. You know, let's look for a moment at the concept of biblical hope. And I think a fabulous passage to look at along these lines is in 1 Peter chapter 3, and verse 15, where Christians are told, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks the reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. The Bible talks about hope in several different places. And the type of hope that is described in Scripture is, is a little bit different than what we often think of as hope. Often we think of hope as just wishing that something could come true. Uh, in the Bible, though, hope refers to a confident expectation of something. And so when this verse says to be ready to give an answer to everyone who asks you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear, Peter is talking about people who ask you about the reason of the confident expectation that you have. We have a hope through Christ. It's not a wishy-washy, I hope to go to heaven, but I, I'm just not sure. We can have a confident yet humble expectation in the promises of God. Throughout time, Jacob, God has made promises to his people. Back uh, at the beginning, all the way through where he dealt with Israel, back when he dealt with Abraham, Israel, in the New Testament, and God has always kept his promise. And so when God says that we can have a hope, through him. We can have a hope in eternal life that we can bank on that. We can put trust in that. 
Titus chapter 3 and verse 7 says that being justified by his grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. If that confident expectation, not, not a wish, but a confident yet humble expectation, the hope of God, Jacob, is something that we should be so very grateful for. Just like the peace of God, we can have a true, genuine hope. Well, you know, Phil, without that hope, what is the motivation for us to go on in this life? Why do we get up every morning and uh, continue to go on without hope? Uh, certainly, as you know, people in the religion in, in the world, you know, uh, would we'd think what would be their motivation, Phil? You know, I'd have trouble uh, keeping on keeping on in this life if I didn't have hope of something better after this life was over. Certainly, a great benefit as being a disciple. Sure, sure. Well, think about people who sadly commit suicide. These are people who get to the point where they have no hope. They think that there's nothing else that can be done. They have nothing to look forward to, and it's so very sad because as Christians, you can have a hope, and God offers you that hope. There is something past what you're dealing with now, and whatever trouble that we may go through, it will be temporary. Uh, because this life will come to an end. If we're a child of God, when this life ends, the troubles end with it. And we don't have to worry about anything else. God gives us a hope that we can have eternal life, that we can worship him forever in heaven. And that's a wonderful thought. And it's, it's very sad when people don't have hope. They don't have anything to look forward to, whether in this life or, or after death. And the, the hope of God is something that, again, that we should be so very grateful for. God makes wonderful promises, and the fact that we can have a hope is another wonderful promise that we can have. And, uh, and along these lines, I think we, ha- we can have a joy in Christ. And joy is, is slightly different from happiness, I think, Jacob, because happiness is something that can be sort of temporary, can shift with your mood, but joy is something that can sustain us. In Hebrews chapter 3 and verse 6 it says, But Christ is the Son over his own house, whose house we are, if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm unto the end. Or Romans chapter 5 and verse 2, By whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Often whenever you look at the New Testament, rejoice, joy, gladness, all refer to that to this same idea, Jacob, the joy that we can have in Christ. It's not necessarily a happiness all day, every day, but it's more of a fulfillment of satisfaction that we can have through Christ. That's right. We have great joy, Phil, and that should sustain us as we go through our life. We're going to take another break, and we're going to give you time during that break to get your emails together. Send us an email. Let us know why you are a Christian. Why do you think it is beneficial to be a disciple of Christ? Why are you going through the difficulties you're going through in an effort to be pleasing to God? Why are you a disciple? The number to call is 931-381-4567. The email address to use is questions at collegeview.com. We hope you'll join us in on the discussion as we talk about why we're disciples, why we're trying to be a pleasing to God. Let us know your thoughts during this break. Stay tuned. The virtual Bible study will continue right after this. Are you listening? There's going to be a test on this stuff. Stay tuned. The virtual Bible study will be right back after this. Hello, everyone. 
I'm Brett Haynes. I'm a member of the College View Church of Christ. A lot of people in the religious world today tell us that as long as our heart is right and we truly love God, we can do whatever we want in our service to Him. They say that what we do doesn't matter because God is only interested in our heart. I believe they have it all wrong. True, God is interested in our hearts, but He's also interested in our actions. One reason why is because our actions describe the true condition of our heart. This is what Jesus taught in Matthew 12, verse 34, when he said, For out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaketh. So I believe that if we are doing whatever we want to in our service and are not serving God exactly like he has asked, then our heart is not right before God. The members of the College View Church of Christ are committed to making sure that both our hearts and our actions are pleasing to God. If you're interested in doing the same, we encourage you to join us for worship this Sunday morning at 9.30 a.m. Hi, my name is Mike Smith, and I'm a member of the College of Church of Christ on Hampshire Pike. Let me ask you some questions. Do you remember when churches insisted on Bible authority for everything they did? Can you recall when church members always expected they thus saith the Lord? Can you remember when the church was well known for its book, chapter, and verse style of teaching and preaching? Are you upset because the church you're attending doesn't always, doesn't always approach things this way anymore? Does it concern you that elders and preachers don't seem to care about Bible authority at all? We're still striving to do everything according to the New Testament pattern. If you're looking for a church like the one you remember from the past, please visit us soon at the College of Church of Christ this Sunday at 9.30 a.m. Hi, my name is Mike Smith, and I'm a member of the College of Church of Christ on Hampshire Pike. Let me ask you some questions. Do you remember when my name is Roger Toombs, and me and my wife love to listen to the virtual Bible study on Thursday nights. Broadcasting around the world with truths that are out of this world. The virtual Bible study. Take it away, guys. Are you upset because the church you're attending doesn't always, doesn't always approach things this way anymore? Does it concern you that elders and preachers don't seem to care about Bible authority at all? We're still. Let's go ahead and stop that. Welcome back to the virtual Bible study. We're glad that you're part of it tonight, and we hope you'll stay tuned. We're going to go to the phones here in Columbia. Hunter's calling. Hello, Hunter. Welcome to the virtual Bible study. Uh, uh, when they asked the question, um, why do we love Jesus? I found an interesting spot in Matthew 23, verse 37 through 40. Well, no, 39. It says, Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. All right. All right. Now, Hunter, let me ask you a question, though, because uh, to adopt that uh, that approach to your life, that you're going to love your neighbor as yourself, don't you think that's going to cause you to do some things that aren't real convenient for you sometimes? Um, for instance, Hunter, uh, Hunter, you're uh, we. I think we just heard a uh, heard your voice. We're going to hear your voice here in just a little bit. How old are you, Hunter? Let's let's tell our audience how old you are. Um, I'm 13. 13. So let's say that you're at school, Hunter, and um, one of your friends needs you to do something for them. Maybe one of your friends needs you to help them out with something. Maybe they're sick. Maybe they've broken their leg, and they need you to help them get their tray in the cafeteria, for instance. Not going to necessarily be something that's convenient for you to do that, Hunter. You're going to have to maybe not be able to eat your lunch when you want to to help them out. But doesn't the Bible instruct you to do that? So why would we do that? Um, I guess I'd help them. 
you, you, that's right, you would help them. Uh, and you'd have, as, as a result of helping them and by sacrificing, you'd have some joy from that, wouldn't you? Yes, sir, definitely. Absolutely. You'd feel good, and uh, you'd know you'd done the right thing, and that's some of the joy that we we're talking about tonight and uh, a reason why we'd want to be a disciple. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thank you, for, right. thank you for your comment. Thank you, sir. All right. And thank you, Hunter, for calling, and uh, if you'd like to participate in the co- discussion tonight, 931-381-4567 or email questions at collegeview.com. I'm going to go back to the Internet now, and hopefully we have <laughs> Phil there. Phil, are you there? I am. Do you have me? I do. And uh, do we have do we have Greg in Mi- in Michigan there? Well, I guess we don't. Yeah, Jacob, can you hear me? Oh, there you are. All right. Very good. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, can you hear me, Jacob? I can hear you. Can you hear me? Are you there? Yeah, I'm hearing you real loud and clear. All right. Let's see here. I'm getting some beeping. I don't know what that's all about. Uh, we're going to go ahead and continue the discussion. The number to call is 931-381-4567. Email questions at collegeview.com. Well, uh, are you there? Well, let's let's get rid of that. Uh, uh, the number to call again, 931-381-4567. we got technical difficulties we're trying to work through here. And uh, we've got a computer that's about to get kicked out the window if it doesn't uh, behave. Um, we're talking about uh, the reasons why we'd want to be a disciple of Christ. And um, one of the reasons we've talked about is the great peace that we enjoy, peace that passes understanding, the, uh, the hope that we have, the hope of heaven when we die, the joy that we have that, uh, that those who are not disciples of Christ do not enjoy, um, and also we have the, prob- the freedom from the problems of sinfulness. You think about a life without Christ, a life without the benefit of the instructions that God has given us, and uh, that life would be a life of great sadness and a life of great misery. You know, back throughout time, God has given us and inst- given mankind instructions um, that are beneficial to to mankind. You know, a lot of people, I'm afraid, believe that the instructions of God are just because God is some type of of being that wants us to be miserable, that he gave us instructions that limit our happiness and our fulfillment in this life. And uh, that simply is not the case. When God gives us instructions, the instructions that he has given are for our benefit. And even the instructions to endure persecution and to take up our cross and and follow him, those instructions are for our good. Back in Deuteronomy chapter 6, when Moses is recounting the instructions that God had given the children of Israel in the law of Moses, Moses said in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 24, And the Lord commanded us to do all these statutes, to fear the Lord our God, for our good always, that he might preserve us alive as it is at this day. God has given us instructions, given mankind throughout in time, instructions that are for our good always. If we believe that God is a loving God and that God is a good God, then we must believe that God would give instructions that are for our benefit. We don't need to go to the Bible and study it thinking that we'll find an instruction that will be detrimental to our well-being. Instead, we need to understand, Phil, that the instructions that God has given us are for our good always. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I think part of being humble is realizing that God's smarter than we are. God knows better. He created us. And, and he even knows us better than we know ourselves. And so when he gives us instructions and, and says, avoid doing this or seek to do this, 
he is giving us instructions that will be good for us. It will be good for our well-being. And this is recapped for us in poetic form in the first psalm, where it says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also does not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. Now look at verse 4. We see a contrast with the ungodly. It says, The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind drives away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Certainly spiritually, the way of the ungodly shall perish. But if we practice immorality, it's going to create problems for us here on earth. See, there's a reason that God doesn't want you to have sexual relations before you're married. It's immoral, but you you also see the problems that arise whenever you engage in that type of behavior. I think the book of Proverbs is an excellent book to, book to look at, Jacob, because all throughout it we have a contrast between the foolish and the wise. The foolish in the book of Proverbs reject instruction and live in immorality. Solomon wrote mo- much of the book of Proverbs. And so I'd like if we can just take a couple of minutes and just point out just a few of the texts here that show where God, through Solomon, is saying, avoid this or do this. Uh, for example, in uh, the sixth chapter, in verse 27, it says, Can a man take fire to his bosom and his clothes not be burned? This is in the context of chapters 5, 6, and 7, which is talking about adultery and the perils of adultery. Verse 27 of chapter 6, Can a man take fire into his bosom and his clothes not be burned? If you want to not be burned, <laughs> spiritually or physically, uh, in this life, don't stay close to evil. Don't be around it. And some of us think that we can get as close to the edge of sin as we want, and we're going to be okay. But God tells us if you get too close to it, like taking fire into your bosom, you'll be burned. Your clothes will be burned. See, when God gives these, these instructions and we follow them, we avoid a lot of the problems that come up uh, with sinfulness, the problems that come up whenever we disobey God. Proverbs chapter 11 and verse 2 says, When pride comes, then comes shame, but with the humble is wisdom. Chapter 11, verse 31, If the righteous will be recompensed on the earth, how much more the godly and the sinner? If God's going to recompense the, the righteous, how much more is he going to do to the ungodly? They're going to get what they deserve. We're given plenty of warnings all throughout the book of Proverbs. And I think, obviously, we don't have time to get all throughout. This is only an hour-long program. But God gives us a lot of principles that says, flee evil, do what's right. I think this proverb is really good. Proverbs chapter 12 and verse 1 says, Whoever loves instruction loves knowledge, but he who hates correction is stupid. That's in the, in the New King James Version. Whoever loves instruction loves knowledge, but he who hates correction is stupid. If we're not going to listen to the correction that God gives, to the instructions that God gives, we're stupid. It's going to cause problems in our life. Yes, it causes spiritual problems, but also it's going to cause problems for us here on earth. God gives us direction for a reason. It's not because he seeks to do us harm, but it's because Cause the Lord our God for our good always, that he might preserve us alive, gives us these laws. As, uh, as Jacob, you mentioned in Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 24. A lot of people think that 
the God of the Old Testament was some was purely a vengeful, wrathful God, and that he was somehow different in the New Testament. We know that that's not true, that God's the same. But even then, God did things for their good. He was not some mean God just trying to, to trying to trying to uh, catch them in something, Jacob. Well, you know, Phil, I think would you say that it seems at least that a majority of people in the religious world today though view God's commandments as something that ties them down, that is burdensome, something that they don't want to have to submit to. Certainly, people don't understand that God gave us instructions for our good, and that. If we're going to get the most benefit out of God's instructions, we're going to look into them, and we're going to try and find all of them, and we're going to try and do all of them, because they're for our good. They're from a creator who's almighty that knows us and wants what's best for us. And so we need to understand that, and we need to apply that attitude when we're studying God's Word. Exactly. It comes back to humility. Will we recognize the fact that God is wiser than we are? First Corinthians 1 tells us, uh, and we don't need the scriptures to tell us this, but it does, that the wisdom of God is, it, that the foolishness of God is wiser than the wisdom of men. As wise as man may think he is, or however wise the wisest man may be, he is still not anywhere close to matching the wisdom of God. And so when God tells us, don't do this, or do this, God is smarter. God is wiser. He knows better. Now, that's not to say that it's always easy to, to do what he says. I'm not suggesting that. But he does give us instructions, and they're for our good. They're not for our detriment. And, and frankly, I think we need to be grateful for, for, giving, for God giving us the restrictions and the liberties that he has, Jacob. God has given us direction. He hasn't left us to go, out, go throughout life without any direction, without any roadmap. Without any idea of what to do, he has given us direction to know how to live life well here and be faithful to him so we can have an opportunity of going to heaven and spending eternity with him forever. I think that's an amazing thing that he has given us these boundaries to tell us how to live. Well, Phil, he, we want to be a disciple because we want to take advantage of the benefits of the commandments that God has given us. As you mentioned, all of the things that we can avoid. By being disciple, by following God's commandments, we can avoid all of the heartache, all of the pain, all the physical consequences of violating God's will, and we can enjoy the blessings of being a disciple and being a Christian. You know, until we understand that, Phil, until we have that attitude, it's really going to be impossible for us to be what God would have us to be. Sure, sure. Until we humble ourselves and are willing to submit to the law of God, we're never going to be where we need to be. And and that goes with anything that we read in the scriptures. Until we humble ourselves and submit ourselves to the will of God, we can never be all that he would want us to be. And I'd love to hear uh, from from someone else who'd like to call or send us an email. Jump in on this discussion and tell us why you'd want to be a Christian Uh, with all the difficulty and the restrictions that you would have being a Christian, why would you want to be one? We've given, we've given you some of our thoughts tonight. We'd love for you to jump in on the discussion as well. All right. The number to call is 931-381-4567. The email address to use is questions at collegeview.com. We'd like for it to hear from you. We'd like your participation in the program tonight. We're going to take one more break, and when we get back from the break, we'll take it to the top of the hour, talking about why we're a Christian why we want to be a disciple of Christ, in in spite of all of the persecution we may have to go through, in spite of the self-denial that we talked about with Hunter on the phone, in spite of all these things, why do we want to go through all of that to be a disciple? Why do you want to be a Christian? Why do you want to be a disciple of of Christ? 
Let us know those thoughts while we take this break at 931-381-4567. Email questions at collegeview.com. Stay tuned. The Virtual Bible Study will continue right after this. Did you hear what they just said? Call in during this break and let everyone know what you think. The Virtual Bible Study continues after this announcement. Hello, everyone. I'm Monty, a member of the College View Church of Christ. So you've been hearing all about the College View Church of Christ on the Virtual Bible Study and are interested in finding out more about the church. But you live hundreds of miles away from Columbia, Tennessee, and can't come and visit with the congregation to find out more. There's no reason to fear. After all, we live in the 21st century. Here's what you can do to find out more about the College View Church of Christ. First, why don't you check out our website while you're listening to the Virtual Bible Study. You'll find important information about the church there, including bulletin articles there on various subjects and can even listen to sermons that have been presented at the College View Church in the past. Secondly, if you have questions about the church or about any Bible teaching, why don't you send an email to us and let us know how we can help. Send your questions to questions at collegeview.com. That address, once again, is questions at collegeview.com. We can even have a personal Bible study with you over email if you desire. And finally, if you would rather talk with someone in person, give us a call at 931-381-4567. That's 931-381-4567. You can call this number anytime. If you don't get an answer, leave a message and we'll call you back as soon as we can. We're glad you're listening to the virtual Bible study and hope to hear from you soon. Hi, my name is Hunter. I'm 11 years old, and I love listening to the Virtual Bible Study. Use your Internet connection for something good. Listen to the Virtual Bible Study every week. Now, back to the program. And welcome back to the program tonight. That was Hunter there as we talked to him on the phone just a little while ago. We appreciate Hunter for joining the Virtual Bible Study tonight, and we appreciate you for being a part of it. We'd like to hear from you at 931-381-4567 or email questions at collegeview.com. Talking about something fundamental to our faith here on the program tonight. Why do we want to be a disciple? Why do we want to be a Christian? We're asking that question tonight. We have an email from Mike in Columbia. He says, it is only through Jesus Christ that we can have forgiveness of our sins. Therefore, we must be a disciple of Jesus Christ to have our sins forgiven. This is one reason why we should be Christians. In John 8, verse 24, Jesus said to a gathering of Jews, I said, therefore, to you, that you shall die in your sins. Unless you believe that I am he, you shall die in your sins. If we do not believe Jesus Christ as the Son of God and obey him, we will die in our sins and be lost eternally. An excellent point there by Mike, Phil, uh, that uh, without believing in Christ, we're going to not be uh, pleasing to God. We're not going to have forgiveness of our sins. And uh, so an excellent reason to be a disciple of Christ. Absolutely, and I think the salvation that God offers to us is something that we should definitely uh, talk some about. In Romans chapter 5, uh, verse 7, it says, For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet perhaps for a good man someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. The grace and the mercy that God offers us through his Son is something that we could, we could praise the Lord forever and ever and never adequately thank him for that sacrifice. And, and Mike makes a good point. It is only through Christ that we can have that salvation. Yes, Mike. Thank you for that email. Excellent comments tonight. Let's go back up to Michigan one more time. We're going to give it one more try and see if Greg is there. Hello, Dad. Jacob, can you hear me? I can hear you good and loud and clear now. Um, Sorry for all the technical trouble earlier. I'm sure that caused you a lot of grief there, but uh, 
Uh, sorry, sorry, we couldn't hook up the leave here. Well, that's just fine. Um, you're in Deckerville, Michigan. I guess way up north tonight. Yeah, uh, Deckerville is. I was trying. I was trying to explain this earlier. I don't know how much you got out over the air. We, we got none of it. Deckerville. Out. Oh, okay. Well, uh, anybody who's listening is familiar with the geography of Michigan. Uh, the lower part of Michigan looks like a mitt, and the thumb of that mitt is where I am, uh, up near Lake Huron, uh, and a, a small little church here of, of Christians who are really trying to do a good job in serving the Lord uh, in, a, in a difficult place, and so it's been an encouraging week. Well, I guess you've seen some snow up there still, huh? Well, it's been warmer this week, but there's still snow in places where they've had a lot of snow over the winter, and it's, it's, uh, the places where it drifted into into uh, roadsides and so forth, there's still snow in evidence. All right. Well, you know, Dad, we talked about the fact that um, we have to go through difficult times. We have to suffer persecution. We have to go through uh, some things that are not pleasant. I'm sure the Christians up there in Deckerville are like Christians everywhere, have to make sacrifices. We're asking the question tonight, why would we want to do that? Why would we want to be a disciple of Christ when those unpleasant things are required of us? Uh, give us some of your thoughts about that. Well, I don't know how much, uh, how many different things you might have covered, Jacob, but uh, I'm convinced that uh, we should want to be Christians, uh, serve the Lord, even though there will be hardships associated with that. I mean, I'm sure you've talked about the fact that the, that the Lord didn't try to hide that from us. He let us know that there were hardships associated with being a disciple. He urged us to count the cost. Jesus wasn't like a maybe an army recruiter you know an army recruiter when he tries to get uh recruiters to sign up for the army he shows them all the pleasant things about being in the army you know you can travel the world you can get educational benefits you learn a technical skill and it all looks like a lot of fun and uh, everybody's smiling and it's all he, they don't show people shooting at you bombs going off all around you people dying Obviously, they don't want you to think about that part before you enlist. They want you to enlist thinking about only the good. Jesus, on the other hand, wasn't like that at all. He wanted us to understand there will be hardships involved in being a Christian. Uh, in John 15, verse 18 and 19, he said, If the world hate you, ye know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love his own. But because you're not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hated you. So Jesus never tried to hide the fact that there would be hardships associated with being a Christian, but he's also explained to us all the great benefits and all the reasons why we should want to do it, even in spite of the fact that there would be difficulties associated with it. And I'm convinced that it's really the best life, even even if you took heaven out of the equation. Of course, heaven is the ultimate goal of every Christian. But if you took heaven out of the equation... I believe that our lives are made better, and we have reason for living, and we have an enriched existence here and now by being a Christian. Um, Solomon was a man who had every opportunity to enjoy everything that the world had to offer. Uh, Every possible thing that he could do, he had the wealth and position to allow him to do that. And and he he discovered that living for the for this for this life living a carnal life was just vanity and vexation of spirit, and he found out that the only real meaning of life is serving God. And and I think that's what we have as Christians. We have meaning, we have a, a reason for existence. We have we have a purpose for our life that those who don't have Christ never know. 
That's exactly right. Uh, without uh, without Christ, there is really no reason for living, and uh, we need to understand that. We have a phone call I think we're trying to get hooked up with now. Uh, we want to hear from you. There's plenty of time to take your comments. Send us an email to questions at collegeview.com, questions at collegeview.com, and uh, we want to hear from you on the email tonight or also on the phone at 931-381-4567. We have an email here from Steve in Vermont. As a Christian, I haven't faced much persecution. It seems that others are nowadays more tolerable with your beliefs. That is, they believe that you can have any beliefs you want, and so can they. They, of course, do not believe that themselves that they themselves are in error. Uh, appreciate that email, Steve. Uh, certainly, we do live in a uh, place that is uh, in a country that is very tolerant, uh, but uh, the tolerance only goes so far. And I think that uh, we'll uh, run into the limits of that tolerance if uh, we stand up for what's right. Eventually, those who claim to be tolerant. We'll show that they're not tolerant, and we'll suffer persecution. It's a fact that uh, we will have to suffer for Christ. And that's told us repeatedly throughout the New Testament. Thank you for your email tonight. Thank you for listening to the program. Let's go to the phone. Let's go down to Cullioca, Tennessee, and welcome Arthur to the Virtual Bible Study. Hello, Arthur. Hello, Jake. Uh, I was just wanting to make a couple of statements as to why I want to be a Christian uh, one of them is in Matthew, the uh, 25th chapter. He was talking about those individuals there that had not done those good things to those about them. Hello, Jake. Yes, I'm here. Go ahead. Good. Uh, Are you there? Yeah. I'm hearing it over the internet, what I've said. Okay, you might just uh, turn down the volume on your computer, and that will help, uh, help you with uh, with that. Okay, well, I'll, can you – okay, yeah. There's a couple of places, you know, the, to avoid the horrors of hell, you know, where they're in Matthew 25. He's talking about those individuals who didn't do the will of the Lord, and he said they should go into everlasting punishment and the righteous into eternal life. And in Second Peter 1 and verse 3, he talks about those individuals there. He said, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again to lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. This inheritance is what I would look forward to in being a Christian. He says it's an, an, an inheritance incorruptible, undefiled, that fades not away, reserved in heaven for you. That's the two reasons, to avoid the horrors of hell and have a hope of heaven, to have this inheritance is the two reasons I'd want to be a Christian. Thank you, Jake. Thank you, Arthur. Great uh, points there and great motivation for us as we talk about uh, living a life that's pleasing to God. Dad, I don't know if you can hear Arthur's comments, but... Uh, no, no, I couldn't hear that. Okay. Uh, certainly uh, some things to think about and some excellent points there. Arthur said that uh, there's two reasons why he'd want to serve uh, Christ, Dad, and God, and that would be to... Avoid hell and to look forward to heaven. So, two, two excellent uh, points there. Exactly right. I think I think there's really there's two ways to look at the question. One is, you know, what what is what is the advantage of being a Christian now, and then what is the advantage of being a Christian in eternity? And either way you look at it, it it's definitely positive to serve the Lord. It's the right thing to do, and it and it's uh, and and the benefits uh, are. Far 
without weighing any difficulty. We were mentioning the difficulties and maybe some of the problems, maybe some of the persecutions. Paul said in Second Timothy 3.12, Yea, all who live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. So even though our persecutions might be different than those first Christians, there's going to be some difficulties associated with serving the Lord but the benefits far outweigh any difficulty. That's right. Uh, I want to go back to Stephen's uh, email from Virginia. Really appreciate you listening, Steve. Uh, Phil, I don't know if you heard uh, Steve's. He says that uh, we live in a tolerant society and a society that isn't prone to persecuting us for our beliefs. And certainly that is the case. We don't. We're not uh, being drugged out in the streets and uh, burned at the stake uh, like Christians have done been done to in the past. Um, but we are going to have to suffer for Christ. Even though we live in a tolerant society, Phil, there's going to be sacrifices that we've got to make. Yeah, you're right. Uh, there will be sacrifices that will have to be made, even just the way we live. We can't uh, participate in the things that other people participate in. We can't view our marriages as disposable, those that are married, uh, something that you enter into and you'll just, you know, Get out of it if you don't if you don't think that you, that's going to work out. You have a different mindset on life, and and while it, it is, I think, a very good thing that we're not persecuted the same way. Did I lose you there? You're you're still here. Okay, I'm sorry. I thought I lost you. Um, yeah, we may not be drug out in the streets and drawn and quartered, uh, which is a very good thing. We don't need to be doing that to each other. Um, but we will be dealing with different things, uh, different issues. And so I think Steve um, makes a good point. While we won't be persecuted the same way, we will, we will still suffer persecution, even though we will be in a different form. All right. Uh, well, we're coming to the end of our program. Dad, we we'll appreciate you for joining us in Michigan and for your comments. You know, we need to have an understanding as to why we are Christians, why we're trying to be disciples of Christ. We need to understand that. We need to understand the benefits uh, to us of, of being a disciple so that we have the motivation that we need to persevere and to uh, withstand until the end. Yeah, I think we are, it's always beneficial to think about why we're doing what we're doing and, uh, you know, to be committed to our cause. And so it's a worthy discussion for sure. And thank you, Phil, for joining us up there in Nashville. Thank you. Enjoyed the discussion with you. In spite of the challenges we face in being faithful to God, the benefits of being a Christian outnumber them all. We're blessed to be able to be disciples of Christ, and we should be thankful that God has made it possible for us to serve him. And we encourage you to take advantage of the benefits of being a disciple of Christ in your life every day. Appreciate you joining us on the virtual Bible study tonight, and we hope that you've benefited from our discussion. We hope you'll make plans to be back here next week for another edition of the virtual Bible study. And in the meantime, we encourage you to put God first in your life, study his inspired word, the Bible, and live by it every day. You'll never regret it. Thanks for listening to the Virtual Bible Study, brought to you by the College View Church of Christ. The College View Church of Christ meets at 1618 Hampshire Pike in Columbia, Tennessee. If you are in the Columbia, Tennessee area, we encourage you to worship with the College View Church of Christ on Sunday mornings at 930 and on Sunday evenings at 6 o'clock. The College View Church of Christ also welcomes you to attend their Wednesday night Bible studies at 7 o'clock. If you have any questions about something that was said on tonight's broadcast or would like more information about the College View Church of Christ, please call 931-381-4567. That number again, 931-381-4567. Or for more information on the internet, visit collegeview.com. Be sure to tune into the virtual Bible study this time next Thursday for another informative study of God's Word.